1: So today we are going to be talking a little bit about postpartum. Um, We talked about pregnancy a few episodes back, you can go find that one, Um, and we wanted to continue the little journey uh, that Liz and I have both gone along once at this point, Mm -hmm. probably another time at some point, maybe. Um, Not in the near future. (laughs) (laughs) We'll probably be more in the near future than you. Yeah, you will. But we were lucky enough to learn from a gal named Lindsay Stenevek, she is a... Um, certified eating disorder registered dietitian and actual specialist with pregnancy and postpartum women um, at Nutrition Instincts. So she was amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. She actually did like a one-on-one training with me and Liz and one of our other coaches, Christina. um, And it was really informative, really helpful. And so a lot of the information we're going to share with you here uh, is from that learning that we did with her. um, And then just some of our own experiences and research Mm -hmm. Uh, but we want to talk to you because I think that postpartum is not addressed yes, as much as it should be.
0: The fourth trimester is a lot harder than most women for pregnancy.
1: Absolutely. For me, I know it was. For mm-hmm. you, it wasn't as much. No. Um, I struggled a lot postpartum. I didn't realize it at the time, I think. I think I like hit it well and I, you know, was in it so much that I was just like not really seeing what was going on from the outside um but emotionally I struggled a lot um I felt very alone I felt uh like I was a horrible mother mm-hmm. I cried almost every day multiple times a day that was like a normal thing was me crying every day um I felt awful about myself physically I was afraid something was going to happen to Carson um and I just had a really tough time and so we want to talk to you guys because know that it is okay to not be okay. Um, it is very normal, and if you need help, obviously please either reach out to us or reach out to someone. Um, yeah. Find a support group, find support somehow, somewhere, uh, because it's something that goes on more often than I think people.
0: Yeah, address. I think many many of my feelings were more feelings of isolation, and mm-hmm. like you know, I only had you and a couple other people at the time that were moms or new moms or that would even understand or that I felt comfortable talking about mm-hmm. bleeding and yeah. fluids coming from different parts of your body that you just, you know, it's, uh, it can feel very lonely mm-hmm. and very isolating. And so just know though that you're not alone. Many, many women have walked this path before you and there's nothing that you can talk to us about that we would be offended by, mm-hmm. shocked, surprised, Um, and it's okay to feel the things that you're feeling. It's normal in a way to feel like you've lost a part of yourself because you have completely closed a chapter of your life that Mm -hmm. you're not ever going back to because now you're caring for someone else. So I can't second Becca, uh, strong enough or loud enough that yes, if you're feeling like postpartum depression or you're feeling like you need support on your journey, Reach out to people, strike up conversations, ask for help, join groups on Facebook, go to the Mm -hmm. hospital groups, talk to us, like anybody that you need to, don't hesitate.
1: Yeah. Those, I'm sorry. I appreciate it, physicians and pediatricians, but those little questionnaires at Carson's two-month and six-month checkups, I'm not going to tell you how I'm feeling on a sheet of paper that I'm handing to the nurse. Come on. Like, and I get it, they have to do something,
0: but- it's not happening. Like, that's not where you're getting your information from. That sheet, honestly, I hated they that. They still sheet. give it to you, I think, up into a year because yeah. they gave it to me at the nine month checkup. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, th- I probably filled out 30 of those. Yeah,
1: I know. And it's like, I'm not going to tell you that I'm depressed yeah. right now and that I feel isolated and I'm terrified I'm going to kill my child because I'm a horrible mother. Like, I'm not <laughs> That's what I was feeling, though. That's a completely what yeah. I was feeling. So I think, honestly, postpartum depression is even more un diagnosed Mm -hmm. and the percentages just don't reflect what's going on
0: well because people feel like it's a bad thing they feel like shameful or afraid Mm -hmm. to tell someone you know that they're going to be looked down upon or like they're a bad mom and of course as a new mom you want to be the best mom and you want to do all the things right and what you will end up messing up more than you get right let's just put that out there Mm because i mess up more than i probably get right Uh, And that's okay, too, because it's a learning experience. You've never been down this road before. And so while everybody can tell you to give yourself grace, like there's legit feelings that you have and thoughts that you have. And you want to seek help professionally before, you know, it gets to a place where you're in a dark place. Yeah.
1: And so I did not utilize this when I was breastfeeding. We have a little tip or trick for those mamas out there, those new mamas or mamas to be. Um, I didn't use this when I was breastfeeding. And I'm totally going to buy it for my second one Mm -hmm. because I saw so
0: much around it. Um, after I finished breastfeeding. So Liz used it and loved it. I did. So I had a really hard time breastfeeding. So I was talking to anybody, everybody that could, Mm -hmm. you know, give me tips or help. And um, this is the only thing. I tried all the supplements. I tried all the cookies and things that you could possibly buy and choke down some brewer's yeast even um and none of that stuff worked uh but this actually really did help it's called the haka h-a-a-k-a-a it's a silicone breastfeeding pump that you put on one side as you're feeding the baby on the other or i used it too when i was pumping Mm -hmm. so if i was pumping on the right side i'd put this on the left and then swap Mm -hmm. Um, or when he was on the breast i would put it and i found that i got probably three to four ounces, which for me was huge, That's huge, huge. Yeah. Cause I was getting like eight ounces a day at some points. Um, but Gosh. I got three to four ounces sometimes, uh, extra mm-hmm. just from doing that. And yep. so I can't recommend it enough. I think it's like 12 or $13 on Amazon. We'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. I'm definitely getting it for my next one. Um, but we want to kind of talk through postpartum
1: kind of what initially happens, breastfeeding a little bit, um, body image exercise postpartum. So we're going to cover some things that I think just aren't touched on. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talked about this in the pregnancy uh, podcast, but you guys, your doctor is essentially a surgeon. Mm -hmm. They are there to make sure that you and baby get out safely. They are not there to tell you that it's safe to exercise postpartum. They aren't doing a diastasis recti analysis. Like that is not their expertise. Um, and rightfully so they have a big handful to do with getting you and baby out safely. Okay. So we appreciate OBGYNs. We know that they have a very important place, but that is not, they're not there to tell you what to eat and how to improve your body image afterwards and when to start exercising and what to do. So please do not put that on them. Um, find experts in those areas cause they exist. Uh, so essentially right after birth, our body's estrogen and progesterone levels, our hormones, our female hormone levels start to plummet. To re-regulate because they're very high during mm-hmm. pregnancy. And then prolactin spikes, which is the hormone that helps produce milk. This actually starts producing around 22 weeks or so um, when you start to produce milk and you're just not excreting it yet until baby's born. Maybe a couple weeks before baby's born, you'll excrete a little bit, but it's not coming out like yeah. post-baby. Yeah. Um, and every woman will remove hormones differently. Some people have a major hormone dump and those people tend to have a little bit more emotional issues. Yep. Um, Like myself, I lost a lot of blood. Uh, I was, they were monitoring me for a few hours afterwards just because of how much I lost. I think they also mm-hmm. m- mismeasured it. But, um, so it kind of depends on the person. But you are healing for a long time. Mm-hmm. If there was, I, I always tell people like, if the wound of the placenta that is removed was on the outside, mm-hmm. I think people would take postpartum a lot more seriously. Yep. It's ridiculous. Like so,
0: people just have this conception, and maybe I did too, you know, long ago that you're going to go to the hospital, you're going to deliver yeah. the baby, and you're going to have to, you know, recover vaginally for a little bit. But no one ever talks about this huge hole that you have inside of your uterus yes. now from where the placenta was. See, it's, 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 it's an weeks. organ that your body creates and develops as you create a child and grow yeah. a human being inside of you. And when you give birth to that, you essentially give birth birth to the placenta it's an organ that is now leaving your body so it's Mm -hmm. like imagine like taking one of your kidneys away right and so so many people forget about mom now that babies arrived like how is mom feeling that you know you had a completely different birth experience than i had and mine was wild and i didn't meet marcus for a day and a half you know and like my blood levels were all over the place hormones were all over the place so it's just Something that I feel that people need to be more aware and more conscious of when they're thinking about postpartum care, mm-hmm. think about the fact that you've literally just lost an organ. Yes, yes.
1: And also your blood increases by 50% when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand that's re-regulating. Your red blood cells carry oxygen to the body. So on top of that... Elastin is still flowing through the body. So things just feel different. And honestly, like I still feel different. Mm -hmm. I'm like, elastin is the relaxation hormone. So it essentially allows things to move a little bit more so Mm -hmm. baby can get out. Um, But that sticks around. So like you just don't feel, you feel less stable. You have pain. I have back pain. I Mm -hmm. still have back pain. Like things just shift. Um, And nutritional needs are elevated for nine months minimum postpartum. And this is for non-breastfeeding mamas too. Mm -hmm.
0: But immediately they leave the hospital and they think baby bounce back, I know. which is something that really grinds my gears because you are not in a place to be thinking about dieting, to be thinking no. about going into a calorie deficit oh or gosh. stressing yourself out more. So for all of you people who have created these baby bounce back programs, shame on you. Because shame <laughs> on you. They should be caring and nurturing for themselves for at least... Three months before they start to consider trying to prey on these yes. vulnerable
1: women, myself included. Mm-hmm. I I felt that way too. I was like, I just want to feel normal again. I just and like I think a lot of people out there take it very well, or maybe they just show like they do. But I was in a place where I was like, I feel awful in my skin. Mm-hmm. I don't feel sexy anymore. I don't feel confident anymore. I wore baggy clothes everywhere. And honestly, guys, I wore my postpartum clothes well into the six to eight month. Range. <laughs> you mean your pregnancy clothes? <laughs> I still yes, my pregnancy clothes. Sorry. <laughs> You really became my pregnancy. postpartum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I wore jeans the other day that weren't technically pregnancy jeans, but I wore them during the early part of my pregnancy. I wore those the other night to date night before all this quarantine shit happened. That's so right. no shame. But essentially your body is nutritionally rehabilitating mm-hmm. and it's tough on the mental side too. And stress and sleep play a big role in this. You have inflammation, you have hormone mm-hmm. regulation trying to go on. So your body's extra stressed and no one is sleeping through the night. I'm sorry, guys. Maybe, I think Carson started sleeping through the night early at like five, six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, But even then, like the first month, you're not sleeping through the
0: night. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And you're not sleeping for long periods of time either. Like you might sleep, 20 minutes 40 minutes kind of depending upon what your routine is how your baby is Mm -hmm. you know for me we were feeding every three hours and because my supply wasn't great he was in the NICU for the first couple of weeks so I was having to pump and then I would give that to him through a bottle right and so Mm -hmm. that was like a whole hour long process if not an hour and 15 minutes then he would go down I would try to sleep and rest then we would wake up and do it all over again so you might be sleeping anywhere between 20 an hour at a time Yeah, it's it's insane, guys. The body's
1: so stressed. So, like, the first 6 to 12 weeks, you have wound healing going on. And it's on the inside with the placental, which you might not consider because you don't see it. But essentially, Lindsay, the girl that we took the training from, she takes her nutritional info for postpartum from the wound healing world. So people that have surgeries, people Mm -hmm. that have repair surgeries. Because the additional protein and calories that are needed to heal a wound are necessary in that time. So, adequate calories is the most important factor. Yeah, I specifically
0: remember her saying like no less than 1800 mm-hmm. calories like n- no matter what. No matter what, <laughs> like, no matter how, how small you, you are,
1: no matter how inactive you are, and pl- protein plays a huge role in this. Mm-hmm. It's literally the most important necessary macronutrient to heal the body. Hydrating ex- is extremely important and then continuing to take your prenatal at least for the first year. Because that is so many necessary nutrients to the body and to baby if you're breastfeeding Mm -hmm. to help you thrive and feel better as soon as possible. Yeah.
0: And get all the nutrients that you need, your iron, your calcium, the folate, like all of the things that, you know, you need. This is a traumatic event. You know, it's a blessing, but it's also a traumatic event on your body. Mm -hmm. And so you have to remember that it doesn't stop when you just give birth, right? Like you have to take care of yourself and help your body kind of get back into a place where it is, you know... Regulating, regulated and you know semi-normal i don't want to say like normal because everybody feels Mm -hmm. you know differently hormonally so the next thing we want to talk about is breast milk supply and it's interesting uh becca and i have you know different experiences Mm -hmm. with this um we know that it's a supply and demand relationship if i could say anything to uh mamas out there who are struggling with their breast milk supply know that it's okay and that it's not your fault i really put a lot of stress on myself probably made it worse, right? Because I wanted to breastfeed so badly. And I made it to about three months. And then after that it was becoming more mature. And so, you know, thinking about the relationship that you have with your child, if you're not producing, absolutely, you know, do more time at the breast. Do those things if you can, skin to skin. But you know, for me at the time in my life that things kept dropping and dropping. I didn't have two to three days to like lay up on bed rest and to skin to skin. Um, that's what they do in Europe, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so my sister is a postpartum nurse and she goes in the home and she says basically they treat you like you're on bed rest and you and baby just kinda mm. lay naked together and that's how they can start to get the supply up. But sometimes that doesn't always work either. <laughs> you might have other kids to take care of. Right. <laughs> you have like I was already back to work and yeah. working and uh yeah, your your situation is gonna be different for everybody. And so that wasn't an option for me. Um but that nursing, it sends the message to the brain to make more. And so if that's not happening, there's really not a lot that we can do to make it better. You can you know, try maybe some lactation cookies, but I would say don't waste your money on supplements. Yeah. Um, I wasted a lot of money, probably two to $300, thinking that these lactation supplements would help. And ultimately, some of them actually made it worse. Yeah. And essentially, there has to be adequate secretion of the milk for diet to
1: help. And diet can support it, but it will not fix it. Like Liz said earlier, you never drop below 1,800 calories, and this will vary from person to person. But for many people, it will, it like essentially will start to affect supply. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone's calculated needs pre-baby are 1,800, postpartum is around 500 calories more than that. Just take that as kind of like an average. Mm-hmm. If you were taking in, you know, maintenance-wise, 1,800, 1,900 calories, add about 500 calories postpartum. Um, do not restrict carbs. Carbs are actually the most important for postpartum breast milk. Um, I would say about 50 to 60% should be carbs, 20 to 25% protein, 25% fats. Um, there are some foods that can help if milk production is, like, just lagging a little bit. Uh, oats, fenugreek, obviously, fennel, garlic, Um, essentially believe it or not a lot of people will think about like breastfeeding as the way to burn body fat mm-hmm. postpartum um i did not see that at all i mm-hmm. held on to stuff until actually i stopped breastfeeding but research has shown there's actually little to no significant difference in weight loss between lactating and non-lactating mamas so there's no difference guys There's don't think that it's gonna burn more or you're hindered by it. There's really no difference. Yeah.
0: If you do the research on how many calories it takes to produce the milk, it's really about two hundred. I wanna break it down to like by ounce, but when I calculated my supply at the highest I was making 16 ounces a day and that was maybe like 200, 220 calories. So it's not a huge, you know, I'm breastfeeding and I'm burning 2000 calories weight loss plan, right? You shouldn't even be thinking about weight loss right now. You should be thinking about nourishing your body, having energy maintaining mental sanity, keeping your baby alive and health for everyone. <laughs> keeping your baby alive I guess should have been number 1. <laughs> but I mean babies we, are resilient. <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, right? Like be, uh, baby fed no, what is the terminology? Baby fed is best. Baby fed is best. I 100% agree with that. Going into postpartum I was like, there's nothing stopping me. You know, you feel like you're going to be super woman and super um, determined to do everything just perfect, and there's no other way. But ultimately, like, when it comes down to it, the baby's got to be fed. And so some people you know, don't see their supply come in for two, three, four days, Mm -hmm. baby can't wait that long. And so you're probably going to supplement in some way, shape or form with formula, unless you are someone who's just blessed with an overabundance of supply and bless you people. Mm -hmm. I had
1: a, I had moderate, like I was fine supplying for him solely until about six or seven months. And then as soon as I started, like, getting back into working out consistently and I started working and mainly pumping during the day, it definitely started to decrease. Um, And it got to the point where I was just miserable because I don't know what women did to piss off God or whoever created (laughs) breast pumps. That's the worst
0: thing in the world. I hated, hated the breast pump. It's like you're shackled. I felt like I lost... 50 pounds of stress when I hung up.
1: Oh my God. It was, it was the just best like, best feeling. There was probably the some swear
0: words that were said. And you know,
1: Oh, uh, I remember how many times I fell asleep on the pump at night. Like it was right before you went to bed where you had to pump because you couldn't go to sleep without pumping because your supply would, you would get engorged or you would like drop supply. And I remember just sitting there on the couch attached to the breast pump and like, or I would forget that I had to do it right before bed. And then I would remember and I would be like, oh uh,
0: then you have to wake up and i have yeah.
1: to go get it and then i would fall asleep oh my gosh i can't even we but literally
0: rolled in this huge table by my bedside and i put all of the pump supplies <sighs> in there i ordered extra stuff because it was constantly it was like I'm constantly so, cleaning it constantly cleaning oh. it you know you're constantly pumping because i was trying to get my supply up so i was doing these power pumps like three times a day what power pumping is basically you spend 20 minutes on the pump you take 10 minutes off 10 minutes on 10 minutes off 10 minutes on 10 minutes off and you do this literally for one hour straight three times a day
1: if you want to find a way to kill someone spill some of my breast milk (laughs) i remember spilling my breast milk and nick would like look at me and he you could see the fear in his eyes of like what i was about to do after spilling like five ounces of breast milk oh my
0: gosh it was anyways did you ever cry Oh, I definitely cried. Mm-hmm. I definitely cried.
1: But um,
0: it's, when they say it's liquid gold, it's literally it's liquid literally gold. literally liquid Anyways, gold. Anyways, we, we want this being encouraging for the <laughs> most part of us. <laughs> Breastfeeding is amazing. The, it you is. know, if you can supply that for your baby, the connection, you feel really good about giving it proper nutrients um, mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to have that bonding time with them. Unfortunately, I didn't feel that ever. Yeah. I think, you know, that was just a different scenario after you come out of the NICU and then you're trying to work on latching yeah, and then I cannot even imagine. You know, the baby gets frustrated because there's not enough there. And so, again, I'm going to take it back to what I said before is think about your relationship with your baby. Mm-hmm. If it starts to impact that, like I remember on a Saturday night sitting in the chair crying. He was on one breast, the pump was on the other, and I was just shackled like I felt like you know by chains and it wasn't even comfortable right like mm-hmm. if I could just sit there and breastfeed him fine but having the pump having the bottle yeah. all of that following up it was exhausting mentally and emotionally and there yeah. was no cuteness or you know bonding mm-hmm. about it yeah I, I, I it's weird because I look back at it now
1: and I'm like god it's weird to feed a baby from my boob but <laughs> in the moment it was nice in the moment it was very like you know I had that connection that no one else had with him um but yeah it's totally whatever you feel good doing and I personally for me like I know Liz didn't I found a support group that was at the hospital I delivered at that was a breastfeeding mama's group um and there were women there that didn't breastfeed that did formula but it was nice because especially the first few weeks it was nice to just get out of the house once. Mm -hmm. and although yes it took me 30 minutes to get ready to get out of the house with him um, it was nice to be able to go somewhere they had a Starbucks in the basement of the hospital I would get Starbucks I would go up we would all sit in a circle put the babies on the ground Um, And you just talk to other women going through the same thing. So if you do not have anyone that you can talk to, find a support group. They're all out there, especially when you can attend. Um, It's just nice to have that connection. And usually a nurse runs it and she can give information. You can ask her questions. Um, If you are having a lactation consultant that you're talking to and you do not like them or you feel shamed by them, find a different one. Mm -hmm. I had that experience as well. The first lactation consultant I talked to, horrible. Horrible. Yeah. made me feel awful. I remember crying so hard when I left there because she t- basically told me I wasn't supporting my child I had to immediately start formula I had to go buy this industrial sized breast pump thing and Nick was like on board with her because he doesn't know any better and I'm like you aren't supporting me <laughs> and I started bawling and I like we had to go into this medical supply store and buy this thing and I just have tears welled up in my eyes. It was like the worst experience. I went to a different one I think literally the next day she was like no you're doing totally fine you're doing so great with this baby. So Please shop around for a lactation consultant before you go into one. Um, Anyways, beyond breast milk and beyond breastfeeding, body image for mama postpartum. There is a huge problem with the weight focus postpartum, guys. And I fell into this trap too, and I think everyone does. Like, you do not diet postpartum. You cannot, guys. You have to support your body. You have to support baby. And essentially... If you start to lose too much weight, it's going to impact milk supply. Mm -hmm. And I hate this whole concept of getting your body back. Like, yes, here's the thing. I want you to feel good postpartum. I want you to be in that place where you're confident and, you know, happy with your body again. But even if you aren't the same body postpartum, you can still find a way to be happy there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be in two months I looked exactly the same. And I'm sorry to all the women that do,
0: after two months look exactly the same. Screw you. (laughs) I literally know someone who left the hospital like with a six pack. And I just think that it's great for you. I'm really happy that that worked out well for you. Uh, but that's not the reality of 99.9% of the women leaving the hospital. And so you have to give yourself a little bit of grace and love and focus on loving your baby. And your baby doesn't care if you have a six pack. You know, the baby cares about bonding with you and having a good relationship with you. So just remember that you will get to a place where you can be happy and healthy and confident again. But if you stress yourself out about it now, you're only going to prolong that time and make it worse because you're going to spiral yourself to stay in a a dark place. You know, when we aren't in a good place emotionally or mentally, we take it out on food and we start to either undereat or to, you know, make excuses and then eat all of the things and, you know, we're in this woe is me mentality and that's not the place you need to be. So give yourself a little bit of grace. Know that you will get back to your postpartum or sorry, pre baby body in due time. Yeah, I'm not. A, and I, I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, I will never be
1: the way that I was pre baby because pre baby I wasn't healthy. I didn't have a period. I was way too lean. It's finding a new normal that you're happy with that you are enjoying life with. And also, you guys, that six to nine months postpartum is peak in body dissatisfaction for women. Mm -hmm. A lot of research has been done around this, and it's like the most common time for people that had eating disorders prior to being pregnant and having the baby for them to come Mm -hmm. back and rear their head again. And so it's the hardest time for women, you guys. It is so hard, and we get that. But you need to find people and be supported by people that are not going to push this on you. So if you need to unfollow some people on Instagram or whatever it is, or stop talking to certain people for some time, do it because you should come first, you and baby. Okay. No one else. Um, And also understand that like in this time, good enough is okay good enough with nutrition while yes including nutrients and including whole foods as much as you can but emphasize the value on like appetite and joy with eating and eating foods that you know make you feel good versus focusing solely on like i need to start eating chicken breast and broccoli and rice again so that i can lose the weight like focus on things that make you feel good and make you feel happy and find that balance because everyone's going to be different Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about workouts postpartum because a lot of people want to know, like, when can I start working out again? Can Mm. I start, you know, when should I start moving again? And this is something to be careful with because I think that a lot of people might think they feel okay, but then have negative side effects, long-term issues. Um, So bleeding will typically be the heaviest about three to ten days postpartum. Most doctors say it's fine to start walking and doing like pelvic floor exercises lightly as soon as you feel up to it. Um, 30 minutes a day of walking. If you had a C-section, they recommend usually starting with like
0: five to 10 minutes at a time. Yeah, I had a C-section and I would say within probably seven days I felt pretty good about walking and moving around. I mean it's hard to because we were going back and forth to the NICU. So yeah. while they tell you you're not supposed to be moving around, you're not supposed to be getting in and out of bed a lot, um, you pretty much have no choice. <laughs> so um you know I think that it's really about listening to your body and trying to be overly cautious because doing too much too fast can do more damage than good. Mm-hmm. Remember, like we talked about in the beginning of this, you just lost an organ and so now that's healing process is going on internally but if you've had a c-section they've cut through multiple layers including (laughs) muscle um you know to get that baby out and so you need to really take it slow i was not awesome at that my doctors actually had a cut sidebar with my husband um, because they know how active that I am and just that I want to do things Mm -hmm. and you know but um, they were really adamant about not lifting anything over like two pounds or not carrying you know the baby if I didn't have to things like that but I would say within about five to seven days I felt pretty good about going for a a 10 minute 15 minute walk
1: I noticed that if I did go for a longer walk luckily I I hope that I have all of my babies in like the summertime yeah, like mid-summertime because then I don't have to worry about being in a bathing suit because let's be honest I didn't want to be in a bathing suit immediately after I had a child (laughs) um, because I was wearing adult-sized diapers for like four to six weeks because I was bleeding um you were literally just scared like 20% of
0: people listening to this because Becca told me that once before I had Marcus and I was like wait what you just you said adult-sized diapers in the same sentence that you were wearing and I really thought she was joking but no so like I yeah so I had a pretty I tore quite a bit um,
1: when I had Carson, he was a large child. He was around nine pounds. Um, and he has a big head cause I have a big head. And so I tore quite a bit. I bled a lot. I continued to bleed for like four to five weeks. Um, it definitely got lighter, obviously, but yeah, I would, I would wear adult size diapers and It was actually more comfortable for me to stand than it was to sit because I was in quite a bit of pain. There was a lot of like achiness and throbbing. Um, And so I found that if I walked for more than like 15 or 20 minutes, I would get that achiness and throbbing. And that's something that you want to be aware of. So there's like some red flags around working out postpartum and moving a lot. Abdominal pain is a huge one. Um, Vaginal pain, bleeding, like increased bleeding other fluid leakage, um, heaviness in the pelvic region, kind of like I was talking about, it could be pelvic or organ prolapse. Um, so it kind of just depends. Uh, what definitely helps is how active you were during pregnancy is kind of an indicator of how soon you'll be ready postpartum for higher intensity Mm -hmm. stuff, like weight training, CrossFit, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I I think the biggest thing that a lot of people, and this is something that I asked my doctor, I remember at the six week, uh, kind of checkup is, Can I start lifting heavy? I'm worried about, you know, the ab separation, which is called diastasis recti, um, which is basically a thinning and widening of your abdominal muscles that may develop as your stomach expands. It occurs when like the left and right sides of the rectus abdominis muscle, um, AKA like your six pack, uh, the biggest basically separate. And this happens to everyone. It just depends on the kind of level that it happens at. So don't think that like you're going to avoid this. It happens. The separation Mm -hmm. will happen. It's just how big the separation is. Um, and it can kind of impact postpartum. So usually you can measure it and we can always uh, include a link to a video of how you can measure it yourself, um. But I remember asking my doctor, and he was like, you're fine. I don't think that you have that. And I was like,
0: are you kidding me? He this has is... no idea. He He's had no idea. never had a child. He had no idea. So Also, get a female doctor for an ob yeah. They actually understand what yeah. you're going through. Yeah.
1: He was fine. <laughs> I mean, he delivered great, whatever. Um, but essentially, start with some exercises that can help start to mm-hmm. kind of bring this separation back together. Um, it will happen over time. There's nothing you can do to, like speed it up but it can get worse Mm -hmm. if you start to strain
0: too much too early on so yeah i think that there's um a lot of really good pelvic floor and um Mm -hmm. therapists that you can like occupational therapists i think that have done some different trainings on how to improve the um diastasis recti as well as pelvic floor exercises so you know for me i worked out and i think you did too Mm -hmm. right up to giving birth and so i actually started back um at five weeks, I didn't wait until the six week yeah, kind I of clearance. Back early too. Um, I obviously wasn't doing anything super heavy, and you know, if I had a day where my, um, you know, body felt like I had overdone it the day before, mm-hmm. I kind of slowed down. But you can do certain things. You know, for me, I didn't have a lot of separation of the abs, so I was able to do like planks and different mm-hmm. things. Um, like that, and, and most people can do those things, but depending upon the severity of where you are, you might want to look up, I believe, Girls Gone Strong. They're um, an awesome mm-hmm. group I of like women. I like Brianna Battles. I follow them a lot. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So you notice this essentially when you are pregnant, you'll notice coning. So mm-hmm. if you are doing movements that you probably should stop doing, like, you know, a lot of core movements, a lot of heavy weights, stuff like that, you'll notice a coning of the co- of the core. Um, it looks like you literally are creating a cone with the belly and this happens much more later in pregnancy obviously Um, but the more you have that the worse you can create with the diastasis recti so just something to be aware of Um, coaches out there that are coaching pregnant mamas something to watch out for you can see this even through like clothes tight clothes so um, some exercises that you'll want to avoid because you can essentially you can create a hernia um, which you don't want because that could require surgery uh, and it's quite painful so usually within a month or two postpartum you can start including stuff um, but in the meantime take it easy you'll have to wait until like it essentially heals completely to do like crunches sit up stuff like that um, but things that you can do I did a lot of dead bugs right away which are amazing mm-hmm. for the core um, I did some heel slides bird dogs knee side planks where you're on your elbow and on your knee and you're doing like a uh, plank hold was great um, essentially you have to build back up endurance because for me I thought I was fine and then I started doing heavy Olympic lifts where I had, I was fine, honestly, with like deadlifts and heavy squats. But as soon as I had to be explosive and I had to brace explosively, like snatches or cleans, that's when I would notice I would like pee myself yeah or high volume double unders. And so jump rope, high volume. And so essentially like I was fine. Up until a point. Yeah. And you can tell, like, where I started to kind of fall apart. And so it's just really listening to your body and being able to know, like, I should scale back until I feel prepared to do this. And it's building back up that strength, building back up that endurance... Um, keeping stress of workouts low while you're still low on sleep too mamas like we're not telling you to not work out because let's be honest some of us until like 6 12 months
0: your child's still not sleeping through the night yeah I think the biggest thing is just go into it like a beginner like you're not going to go back the way that you finish Um, that's one of the things that I tell a lot of my clients like I remember the first time that I went back into the gym, and I don't think I finished a workout for three weeks. I mean, I barely made it through, like, a third of the workout for the first week. Um, I was just exhausted. And one of the biggest things is breathing and, like, you know, getting back that kind of conditioning of your lungs and heavier breathing and stuff. So you're going to feel like you've never worked out in your life before. So just know to expect that and don't try to go back in and, you know, get upset that you weren't able to even like finish your workout. So, you know, I couldn't agree more with Becca when she says like lifting and walking, those are really great starts. Uh, and you'll build, you'll build your way there. Um, and I think, the last thing that I just wanted to say around the postpartum journey is talk to your husbands and let them know what you need from them. Mm-hmm. Talk to your families or whoever are going to be there. It's really, really important. What I found personally is just to kind of over-communicate my needs. They don't know. They yeah. You can hope that they would assume certain things, but they're new to this too. Yes. And dads are going through a whole new phase of their life.
1: They a feel helpless.
0: They do. And they actually go through their own... Part of postpartum mm-hmm. as well, and so for us, we found that it was really good to just kind of over communicate. Like, hey, yeah. here's what I need, and this would be something that you could do to make you know it easier for me. Or you know, if you aren't breastfeeding exclusively, figure out a schedule, make a routine, let them take one of your nighttime feedings. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be superhero. You know, yeah. hopefully, they get some time off of work with you to make it easier. But I can't say it and stress it enough that. You cannot assume that they're going to understand what you need. You don't know what you need. There's no way they know what you need. And so just make sure that you talk with them because I promise you, the easier and more communication, or the more communication that you have with each other, the easier it will be.
1: Because otherwise you can grow resentful. Real
0: easy. Oh yeah. Real fast. Angry, resentful, and then you have like an explosion and a blow up. And you don't, I mean, you just don't want that, right? And, you know, I know now that, Uh, Marcus is getting older like they pay attention to everything Mm -hmm. your communication your cues with each other like they sense and they feel like if there's tension and even though they can't tell you that because they're brand new you know out of your womb for a week or two they're going through the baby's going through this whole exploratory process too because this is a totally new environment and so everybody at the same time is learning a new way of life and i just think that it's very very important not to forget that it's okay to communicate those needs it is okay to ask for help and it is okay to take help
1: yes when take someone help, offers it mamas. take
0: the help take the delivery of pizza or whatever it is that even if it's not something that you feel like oh I, man i shouldn't be eating this like take the delivery yes you guys be <laughs> do not be too proud we cannot do this
1: on our own we need each other we do need the help so take it. It will make it easier and people want to help at that time. So have a wonderful day and we will talk to you soon.
0: Thank you for spending your time with us. We are honored to be able to help educate you and improve your life. If you've enjoyed this, please take a screenshot, share it on Instagram and tag us at lsn.coach and leave us a five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day.